0: Welcome to Walk the Tech Talk, a podcast with host Anna Frazetto, Chief Digital Technology Officer and President of Technology Solutions at Harvey Nash, a global professional services company. On Walk the Tech Talk, Anna interviews technology leaders from across the globe and discusses how and where they are making big impacts on their industries. On this episode of Walk the Tech Talk, Anna interviews Luis Rodriguez, a technology business leader and product innovator who has served in CIO CTO, and key product development roles, most extensively in the media industry. Anna and Luis discuss the unique challenges media organizations face when adopting new technologies, the definition of true innovation, and how important it is for technology teams to get buy-in at all levels for strategic programming. Luis also shares advice for technology integration in M&A situations, and so much more. Join Anna and learn from the strategies and accomplishments of this episode's Tech Trailblazer.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Walk the Tech Talk. I'm Anna Frazetta, your host, and I'm thrilled to welcome to our show Luis Rodriguez, who has been a CIO for many years, most extensively in the media industry, and that's how we kind of got to know each other. But he's also worn many hats, ranging from CTO and also having key product development roles. So I met Luis years ago at Westwood One, Inc., and I have to say, we hit it off from the get-go. Uh, over the years, we've kind of shared the same passions, concerns about the IT sector, and also the impact not only in media, but pretty much across all industries. I'm so glad, we that we've stayed connected, and I'm really excited to have you here today to kind of talk about the successes and roadblocks you've faced since we first met, and also welcome to the show.
2: Well, thank you very much, and I'm happy to be here.
1: Great. So why don't we get started? Let's talk about media since we've been talking about media, right? So uh giving your experience in media and the advertising space, what's your take on the challenges that organizations in the world kind of face today? So what are you seeing as far as what's, you know, been successful or not so successful?
2: Well I, I think the um the, the challenge is is I think that the one big thing is is how audience has moved to uh non advertising based streaming services. I think that that means that the uh, listening hours are really not increasing, it's more shifting. And I think this really puts a lot of impact, especially on uh, 24-hour networks who now have to fill an entire schedule and have uh, less audience to worry about. I I think the other challenge is going to be for trying to achieve true automation and uh, optimization. A lot of the, especially on the linear side where they're looking to be more pragmatic in in how they sell and buy, and that's going to be much more difficult with some of these silo systems and not enough real time processing they're doing. And some of the challenges on the digital side are really in I think the accountability that a lot of the companies, uh, when you look at Facebook and, and Google, a lot of accountability that they're uh, that they have to have for their advertising, and also looking at how consent and consumers are much more concerned about the data and how their data is being utilized. So the verification of that is going to become much more of a challenge as we go forward.
1: Great. So now when we're talking about adopting new technology, you know, kind of broader than media, we have kind of hit a little bit on the media part first. But what is – there's always opportunities, right, to adopt new tech. So what considerations do you think smart businesses need to consider before adopting new technologies? I know that's a common question that we get asked a lot at Harvey Nash when we're dealing with our clients or prospective clients. It's the old, you know, do I wait and see what others are doing in this technology space, or do I want to be the first so I could be the leader of the pack?
2: Sure. I I think that the first thing you need to do is is make sure that there's a good fit for the new technology. Um, Is there a business need? Um, that's going to, uh, for the technology to be utilized. It just can't be technology for technology's sake. I think the second thing you'd have to look at is is the risk of using tech technology consistent with the risk tolerance of the organization you're with. If you're with a very conservative organization, you may not want to be utilizing as much of the new technology given the risk inherent of it. And I think the third thing is really is is the cost and pain of utilizing new technology going to be worth the perceived benefits. And the reason why I say perceived is have you done enough due diligence to make sure you do have a real benefit there, or are you really experimenting? So really knowing the difference between the two is a key aspect as well.
1: Right. So now don't you find I think that a lot of companies struggle with that due diligence part? That, that they wind up hitting a little bit of a roadblock or what winds up happening is maybe sometimes the internal staff is so used to one particular technology platform, so therefore they're not looking at it objectively as far as what's best for the business?
2: Yeah, I think that's always a danger. And, and that's why you'll see some organizations have R&D components where they're able to test things out and allow, they have to be trained accordingly. Um, It's a lot more difficult when you're jumping into the new technology. I mean, I've done both and uh, it's a lot easier when you uh, plan to work with something, but sometimes you're faced with utilizing the technology to meet a business need and, and you just have to be really agile in how you work with it and understand that there's going to be a lot more test cycles inherent in the process. So making sure expectations are set accordingly is a key aspect of that. Right, so
1: now a lot of times what winds up happening is there's so many buzzwords, right, in the tech space, and you always hear about innovation, disruption, you know, and so far, you know, digitization, as we were talking about. But I want to ask you about what constitutes true innovation, because I've, I've had several dialogues over the years, and sometimes you talk to some people that they feel that innovation is what I would consider to be operational efficiencies. Not necessarily innovation, it's just a matter of doing the same thing, but you know better, quicker, leaner, meaner, whichever way uh, to get it done, but not necessarily innovative. So do you have some examples of true tech innovation that you think really mattered in the media industry or in a bigger marketplace? well,
2: I think that you mean innovation i mean it has to be something new, but it it really has to satisfy a need. Or uh, an expectation that somebody has for, for customers. I think that without that, it's not going to be true innovation. It becomes technology for technology's sake. I, I think when you look at examples of, uh, for Netflix, for example, where they evolved from delivering DVDs to doing streaming to having a more personalized content, and in you know through that whole innovation process, not only did they imp- improve what they were doing, which is delivering content, but they fundamentally changed it. For the industry as a whole so it's not only i think new but it's how you evolve and innovate to to kind of become more dominant in your position in the marketplace
1: right excellent excellent point so now let's take it up a notch to just overall i.t strategy i know you've helped lead several organizations in both the the creation and the adoption of i.t um to their strategies what have you seen that works well in this process
2: I think the one thing that's the most important thing is that make sure that you are aligning with a multi-year business strategy, a technology strategy without it being intertwined. It it really doesn't become useful. I think the second thing is to make sure that your collaboration at all levels of the organizations from the strategic level with the executives to the operational level um, with the folks doing work, because a lot of times feasibility and what's possible um, becomes a factor. The other thing to look at is is how your timelines are aligning, and what I mean by that is making sure that you're reconciling the uncertainty of the i t timelines with the true business needs and the true deadlines that are there so that they're not aligned, you're gonna have problems down the road, and you know establishing accountability and transparency and weighing the plan is executed and and presented is importantly and most I think the most important thing is to understand that these are really plans so you really need to be agile and and be prudent about when you want to change because um, when you establish a plan it's never going to be fixed
1: right so now you mentioned multi-year now isn't that challenging with technology changing at the rate that it's changing to have like a multi-year strategy how how do you kind of maintain that multi-year strategy almost evergreen right to be able to handle the technological changes
2: yeah i think the first thing you do is really understand what is foundational what are you going to do that's foundational and it just might be um, a refresh of technology versus what's going to be transformational and the things that are transformational um could involve newer technologies so really understanding the difference between the two and i think the most important thing is is to as I said before is you really have to be agile you really have to be looking at the assumptions that you put in your plan and say are these assumptions still valid given the business case and given the new technologies and then make adjustments accordingly because if you're doing these plans at a top level enough approach it allows you some flexibility into the details because after all it is a strategic plan and not an execution plan with the details
1: well, okay, so lastly then on this particular topic, what kind of value do you think a carefully structured <coughs> IT strategy should bring to the business?
2: I think that the the first value is is it puts less burden on the governance process. I mean, if you define and lay things out at a high level, it should allow, um, allow you not to have to continually have to change plans for knit items. I think it also allows you to be more proactive, as I mentioned before, is now you can focus on... Now that we figure big picture we know we want to do, well, we can look at the newer technologies and how they're impacting the bigger things that we want to do. So you're being much more proactive because the heavy lifting on the planning side has been done. And I think thirdly, it creates a level of certainty in the planning process um, and an awareness um, by the entire organization of, you know, this is what needs to be done. I mean, this is, in effect, how we're going to get the man on the moon. So let's move forward with the entire plan.
1: Right, right. Well, speaking about getting the man on the moon, it looks like we might be doing that again. (laughs) Um, Okay, Okay, so now let's drill down a little bit to program and project management. Let's take a step uh, past adopting tech strategies and talk about specific projects and program management. What do you think is changing for the better in terms of how tech programs and projects are managed? What works? I mean, there's so much buzz around, you know, agile, lean, and all these different techniques. But what do you think is really making the difference? Well, I think
2: the first thing that's making the difference is there's a a recognition that the the planning process is a key component. More and more you're seeing the recognition of PMO roles in organizations. And I think that's a key component, but the important part of that is that has to be a supportive process and not a way of bogging down. I think the flexibility that's been introduced with the agile process and the process are really helping avoid um, you know, surprises down the road. The issue there is to make sure that they're thorough enough that you're capturing enough of what needs to be done so that there's not a lot of rework in the end. And I think the third thing um, that, that it that I'm seeing that's good is is the uh, collaboration tools as the project teams become more virtual and diverse, um, and you get folks who are younger and more used to collaborative uh, software. Introducing tools that allow you to collaborate would be important. But the problem is that the collaboration has to happen in a context within the structure of a plan, so that people are not out there in left field doing things and, and not collaborating on things, and they're not consistent with what the plan is.
1: Right, right. So on the other hand, right, so let's talk about what some some of the greatest barriers are on on today's projects as far as getting completed as planned either on time or you know within the original parameters.
2: Well I think that some of that has not changed (laughs) it seems like forever. (laughs) I mean uh, you know user involvement is always an issue especially with smaller organizations Um, when you don't have uh, people who are contributing subject matter expertise and they're not on a dedicated basis always becomes a challenge. I think the other big challenge is making sure that you have the solid executive ownership and that is from the standpoint of not so much participation but supporting what the end goal needs to be so that things don't shift off of that end goal. And I think that the third thing that's important now is is somewhat what I said before which is efficient collaboration. You have to make sure that if folks are collaborating that it's done efficiency is done uh, with some level of contact that's adding value to the project and not creating a lot of noise. Right, right. No, good point.
1: I, I'm glad, um, uh, first of all, that you mentioned executive sponsorship, because I have to say that's one thing, you know, regardless of a project, also I think some of the complexities of projects, when you look at organizations that might, you know, outsource or offshore certain components of a project, you know, the key parameter that kind of ties everything together is that executive sponsorship. It's so uh, critical, I think, to the process. Well, I'm, I'm glad we have a chance to talk about acquisitions and mergers. I, I know that that's an area that you have uh, experience in, both uh, either being part of it or helping to facilitate it. Uh, let's, let's go back to the media industry. Uh, you see a lot of mergers and acquisitions and you are part of many organizations navigating, you know, large ones. So what is the impact on your team as you progress through the acquisition and mergers? Like well, what have you seen that's kind of like worked and maybe not worked?
2: Well, I think the uh, the impact multitude, I've had cases where, you know, half my team has been sold off, including an entire portfolio uh, of software, you know, that I've architected team created. So uh, I, I think in those, it, it's, it's an impact of, um, hey, things that I've done are, are now going away. Uh, it becomes a lot easier to accept when you realize that those software assets were key components of the deal. And in fact, things that you've created um, are in value to the organization. I think... Um, a lot of other times, it's been, you know, you're part of the integration effort where you inherit timelines that are part of the deal, where commitments have been made to banks that were, you know, the organization is going to consolidate in three months, and you're asked to come up with a, uh, a plan to consolidate financial systems within a three-month period uh, with dates that really can't move, you know, which puts a lot of pressure, uh, you know, on staff. You also have situations where, you know, staff has to consolidate um, systems. Knowing that when they're done, there may not be jobs in the systems that are obsolete or are going away, and that creates you know um organizational challenges you know when when you're also looking at it, you're also looking at it from a standpoint of combining business processes and making sure you're creating efficiencies along the way. And making sure that it's not just the consolidation of the actual systems, but that the combined organizations have the the efficiencies and the, the processes that they intended to have um, by uh, you know whatever synergies they have defined. So when you when you look at all those uh, you know aspects, there's a lot of things to worry about. And from a technology perspective, you got to really understand it's not so much in some cases it's the best technology. It's which one is the most easily assimilated to the new organization, or which one can be assimilated quickly to meet the synergies that were defined. So it becomes a lot more complex to figure out what the game plan is because some of the uh, the answers is not as as obvious as you would think. Right. Yeah. Sometimes,
1: I mean, and and I often, you know, joke about, uh, you know, acquisitions are great if you're part of the merger uh, organization and not the mergee organization, because uh, that's where it's the most uh, impactful. Well, Luis, uh, as with every conversation we have, I've learned a ton, and I'm glad we were able to share this with the audience. Speaking of which, uh, if any of the audience today wants to reach out and connect, where can they reach you?
2: The best way is through uh, LinkedIn. It's uh, Luis Rodriguez. MBA, CPA is what I use, only because there's a lot of Luis Rodriguez's out there, so um, mm-hmm. not as many with the MBA, CPA on it. And in there is my contact information email and uh would be happy to connect with anybody uh, who's interested.
0: Terrific. Thanks again.
2: Okay. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Walk the Tech Talk. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to keep up to date with Walk the Tech Talk, please subscribe by heading over to your iTunes app. While you're there, please rate the podcast and let us know what you like the most about it in the review section. Thank you and happy listening.